Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Enders at the Point podcast. I am your host, Tyler Aaron. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it is at TylerAaron65, or you can follow the show's Instagram or Twitter at PenguinsFan65. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about was keeping the main core the right move here in Pittsburgh. In the next segment, we will talk about the most recent news, the Mike Sullivan contract extension, and we will wrap up the segment with my Metropolitan Division standings predictions, and that is all coming up right after this drop. Alright, welcome back to this episode of the Enders at the Point podcast. I am your host, Tyler Aaron. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it is at TylerAaron65. Or you can follow the show's Instagram or Twitter at PenguinsFan65. And in today's first segment, we are going to talk about was keeping the main core the right move here in Pittsburgh? So, a little bit of context behind this. I was reading NHL.com's new in-depth analysis, and they just did theirs on the Penguins, and one of the three main questions that they asked was keeping the core together the right move here in Pittsburgh. I just want to give my thoughts about it in this first segment. So I get the core is aging, and we are one of the oldest teams in the National Hockey League. Our average age on this team Heading into this season is around 30 years with the second oldest team would being the Washington Capitals at 29 as their average age. So I'm going to run down eight different people who was on the last Stanley Cup roster, the 2016-2017 team. And these are still players who are on the Penguins today. Just for example, Crosby's 35. Brian Dumoulin, 30. Jake Getzel is 27. Chris Letang is 35. Evgeny Malkin is 36. Brian Rust is 30. Chad Ruedel is 32. And Tristan Jari is 27. Those eight players right there, they were on the 2016-17 roster who helped us win a Stanley Cup, who are still on the team today, and I just ran right through their ages. Now... Since the 2016-17 season, I'm going to run through each one of those players' stats from their combined stats from that championship winning season to today. So I'm going to start out first with Sidney Crosby. Since 2016-17, he's played 401 games, scoring 179 goals, 292 assists, for a total of 471 points and a plus-minus rating of plus 54. With Brian Dumoulin, since the last Stanley Cup team, he has played 371 games, scoring 17 goals, 79 assists, 96 total points with a plus-minus rating of plus 85. 
Next up is Jake Getzel, it, which in 375 games, he scored 161 goals, 180 assists, 341 points with a plus-minus rating of plus 42. Next up is Chris Letang, playing 301 games since 2016-17, scoring 62 goals, 236 assists, for a total of 298 points with a plus-minus rating of 45. Next up is a Guinea Malkin, which in 337 games has scored 149 goals, 237 assists, 386 points with a plus-minus of plus 2. Next is Brian Rust, in which he's played... 369 games, scoring 119 goals, 138 assists, with a total amount of points of 257, and a plus-minus rating of plus 55. And the last player is Chad Ruedel at 232 games, scoring only 11 goals, 27 assists, good enough for 38 points, and a plus-minus rating of plus 1. And for the one and only goalie who's been on the team since the last Stanley Cup team. Well, I really want to say that. I mean, he played one game for the Penguins in that season, and it was his first season in the NHL. But since that, he has played 159 games, winning 93 games, losing 47 and an overtime loss of 13. So his record is 93-47-13 and 13 with a goals against average of 2.57 and a save percentage of 915 and also had 11 shutouts. Now, usually when you think of the Penguins' main core, you think of Crosby, Malkin, Latang. That's your core. What I just did right here was I pretty much gave you the Penguins core since the last Stanley Cup championship. This, These players have been on the team since that last championship that took place over five years ago now. And this is what I think the Penguins main core is right now. Now, was it a mistake to bring them back? No. My thoughts on this is no. I think it is a great idea to bring back Tristan Jari. So, some of them have not performed as well. I mean, even though Sidney Crosby was still a point-per-game player last year, he tied with Jake Getzel with a total of 84 points last season. Um, that doesn't mean much, but it's a it's a very decline for Sidney Crosby this past season. Now, frankly, he was out for the first month of the season, but... Evgeny Malkin still over a point per game too, also, but again he was hurt for half the season, so you can't really judge that. Um, now is it time to move on from some of these players? Uh, yes, in a way. Um, I wouldn't see the Penguins moving like Tan Crosby or Malkin, but I can see the Penguins parting ways with someone like. Brian Dumoulin, and Chad Ruedel in the future. So, with that being said, can the Penguins 
remain competitive with this core. Absolutely, I know the Metro Division has gotten a lot stronger this offseason, and it will be harder for the Penguins, but there's so many what-ifs on these teams in the Metro, and I think the Penguins will be just as fun and competitive. Um, Brian Doomone's got to have a heck of a year. Tristan Jari's got to get a have to have a heck of a year if they want new contracts at the end of this coming season. So there is a chance that this might not be the core next year, or but the main main core of Crosby, Malkin, and get in Latang, sorry, will be here to stay. So, with that being said, the court was the right move to stay in Pittsburgh. Crosby, Malk, and Latang all together, this is what their, I want to say their 17th or 18th season. That is obviously a record for the best trio. Um, I wish that the Penguins' main court still consisted of Mark andre Fleury and Jordan Stahl. He is having a main core like that for a long period of time like the Penguins did was unbelievable of having Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Stahl, and Marc-Andre Fleury all on a core from when they were drafted to now. It'd be absolutely unbelievable if that was still the case. So those are my thoughts on was keeping the main core the right move here in Pittsburgh. Indeed, it was the right move in my eyes. So Coming up in the next segment, we are going to talk about the Mike Sullivan contract extension, so please stick around for that right after this. Alright, I am back here on the Injures at the Point podcast. I am your host, Tyler Aaron. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it is at TylerAaron65, or you can follow the show's Instagram or Twitter at PenguinsFan65. And in this segment we are going to talk about penguins head coach mike sullivan and his new contract extension so yesterday on august 30th the penguins signed mike sullivan to a three-year contract extension that will kick in at the conclusion of the 2023-24 campaign and will run through the 2026 27 season so mike sullivan's current contract situation now is he's still locked up for two more seasons until 2023-24 then this extension will kick in and will expire at the end of the 2026-27 season so what does this mean for pittsburgh it means that mike sullivan will be the head coach of the penguins for the foreseeable future here. Uh, I have a couple of quotes here from the Mike Sullivan announcement. So the first one I'm going to read is from Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. So yesterday he said this, Mike is one of the top coaches in the National Hockey League and it was important for us to have him sign long term. He is a great leader that finds success through communication, honesty, and accountability. We know that Sully is committed to continuing 
a winning culture here in Pittsburgh. That's what Hextall said. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking that Sullivan should be on the hot seat at the end of this year. Um, I don't think that's the case. It is 100% not his fault for our playoff struggles. It's just that we've been very unlucky with injuries. Uh, Fenway Sports Group principal owner John Henry said this yesterday as well. This is a wonderful day for the entire organization with Mike committing to remain as head coach for the long term with the Penguins. He has clearly demonstrated what an effective leader he is and it is evident how well players respond to his philosophy, work ethic, night and night, month after month. And then the last quote I have is from Fenway Sports Group Chairman Tom Werner. He said, we value the relationship we are developing with Mike and felt it was important to ensure that relationship would continue long term. He's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League, and we look forward to our continued collaboration with him and the entire Penguins organization to bring another Stanley Cup to Pittsburgh. Those are the three quotes I have from yesterday's announcement. So... If Mike Sullivan doesn't do a good job and people want him fired, and it does happen, here's my question for you guys. Who would replace him? Who would replace him? I'll put a poll down at below this episode, but who would you replace him with? Mike Sullivan has, is the winningest coach in Penguins history. And Mike Sullivan's record as a coach with the Penguins in 507 games. He has won 297 games, 156 losses, and 54 overtime losses. Think about that. I don't know what the point percentage on that is, but I do know it is one of the highest winning percentages out of all the coaches in the National Hockey League. And what coaches would you replace Mike Sullivan with? Barry Trotz? No. I don't think so. He's taking time off. There's hardly any good coaches out there right now that you would want to replace Mike Sullivan with. I think this is a great thing for the franchise and look at what the Penguins have done this offseason. Locked up Mike Sullivan till 2027. You locked up associate coach Todd Reardon to a two-year extension. Then you locked up your assistant coach Mike Vellucci to another two-year extension as your assistant coach. These moves right here shows us that our coaching staff is here to stay. Ever since we replaced pretty much everybody after that that desperate uh, playoff loss to the Islanders a few years back. This coaching staff is here to stay, and I love the fact that Mike Sullivan will, in fact, stay in the Berg. Now, just the big question with the coaching staff is, can we get lucky and do and does our coaching staff has the chance to help the Penguins make it past round one? It's been well over four or five seasons now since we made it past the first round. The last time we made it past the first round 
was 2018 when we ended up playing the Caps. They beat us in six and went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, that's what I'm saying in here is Mike Sullivan is here to stay. I'm glad he's here to stay. I think this contract extension is perfect for the team. And I am excited to see what Mike Sullivan, Todd Reardon, and Mike Volucci can do for the Penguins this upcoming season. So that is going to do it for this segment of the Mike Sullivan contract extension. So coming up in the last segment of this episode, we are going to talk about my Metropolitan Division standings predictions. And that is coming up right after this. All right, I am back here on the Answers at the Point podcast. I am your host, Tyler Aaron. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it is at TylerAaron65. Or you can follow the show's Instagram or Twitter at PenguinsFan65. And in the final segment of this episode, we are going to talk about my Metropolitan Division standings predictions. So I'm going to start going worst to first of who I think will place in the Metropolitan Division. So in eighth place, I have the Philadelphia Flyers, Um, mostly because uh, Carter Hart is not very that good, as we've seen in the past couple of seasons. Um, They're relatively an old team. It's time to rebuild. And they're stuck with players like Rasmus Ristolainen and... Ryan Ellis, those untradeable contracts. And so I don't think... I mean, usually the Flyers have one good year, then one bad year. And it just repeats for on and on for forever. But So realistically, if that trend continues, the Flyers should make the playoffs this year. But I don't think that is the case. So moving on to 7th place, I have the Washington Capitals. Now this is a big surprise uh, I'm sure for everybody, but I think the Capitals will finish in seventh. Uh, this division has got a lot stronger, especially in the off season, and the Capitals don't have backstrom this year. Uh, they lost some very good depth people, like such as Justin Schultz and Johan Larson, just to name a few. Um, their goaltending did get better, but I think as Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren as semi-inconsistent goaltending, um, we know that Darcy Kemper can struggle a bit. It just depends on what we see from the goalies in Washington. But I think the Capitals will indeed finish in seventh place. So moving on into who I think will finish in sixth place, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that the Blue Jackets, even though they got Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey on their team, um, they still have a lot of question marks, especially uh, they don't, I mean, their depth, their forward depth in that matter is not, I think they overpaid in Erica Branson. I jumped ahead of myself there. I was going to say the forward depth is not as good as the other teams in this um and then they overpaid on Eric Gabranson. Uh, the goaltending is very inconsistent. I prefer having Jonas Corposalo in net over Elvis Merlinkins. 
Now, probably Columbus will run a first line of Johnny Gaudreau on the left side, Patrick Laine on the right, and someone like your captain Boone Jenner at center or like Cole Sillinger in that matter. So uh, I'm very curious to see what Columbus does this year. But as for right now, I have them in sixth place. So next up in fifth place, I have the New York Islanders. Um, they are, I don't think they got better this year. Um, I know Islanders fans are mad that general manager Lou Lamorello uh, really didn't do much in the offseason except for that one day like a week or two ago where he just signed all of the Islanders RFAs. But, um, I mean, they get they did get a, a good young defenseman in Alexander Romanov. He, real still ha- he really still hasn't proved himself yet, but... We'll see what he what he can do in the Islanders. I think the Islanders gave up like the 16th overall pick. Um, that sounds a lot like a Pittsburgh Penguins move, like when we traded the 15th overall pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Kasperi Kapanen. Um, yeah, that just sounds like a, a trade that we would make if Jim Rutherford was the general manager. So... Uh, yeah, so overall, uh, the Islanders, what I think that they need to do, especially with their goaltending, is um, Ilya Sorokin is your goaltender of the future, right? So Simon Vermolov is on his last year of his current contract. And most Islanders fans, including myself as a non-Islanders fan, but as a Penguins, I know Simon Vermolov will not stay in the Islanders. I think it's time to move on to Ilya Sorokin as your goaltender for the next while. So I think instead of losing him for nothing, I think the Islanders by the deadline should make a move and trade from along to, I don't know, a team like like the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, Robin Leonard's not there anymore. Trade him like to Vegas, for example, and he can play the rest of the year there and then hit the free agency market. It's better to get something for a player than losing for nothing a few months later. So next up in fourth place, I have the New Jersey Devils. Um, I'm, I very like what the Devils have done this season. They, uh, they got uh, a nice backup goaltender in Vitek Vanacek. You have Mackenzie Blackwood as your starter. They got a nice forward in Andre Palat. To round out the top six, you'll have Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes healthy to start the season. It is looking very nice for the New Jersey Devils, and I think that they will be a cup contender within the next five years. I'm very happy with what the uh, New Jersey Devils did to the team, and I am eager to see what they can do this upcoming season. So in third place, it was hard to put them here, but it's your Pittsburgh Penguins. Nothing really to say on the Penguins, but I just felt that the two teams are slightly better, even though both of the teams above the Penguins have their problems. The Penguins have their problems too. Uh, It was very hard to put the Penguins in this position, but I just think the two teams above the Penguins are far superior than them. 
With that being said, in second place, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. By just a few points over, I think that the Hurricanes will finish just, I don't know, two or three points over the Penguins to take that second. Um, you bolstered your defensive core, adding Brett Burns for, like, hardly anything, too. Your goaltending tandem is absolutely stacked with Frederick Anderson and on Tiranta. Um, your forward death is not the greatest at the moment. I mean, you absolutely stole Max Pacioretty from the Golden Knights. I think they also got Dylan Coughlin in that deal. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. I have to double-check that. But you got two players from the Golden Knights for an absolute steal and a gem of a young player in Dylan Coughlin. And you also get a, a player who used to be a captain in Max Pacioretty. Unfortunately, you get the news, oh, he's out for half the season, which sucks. But it was an absolute steal. And then as your replacement, you go out and you get Paul Statsny. But then at the end of the day, you're losing. You, you lost VTEC fan, uh, VTEC. Vincent Trocek. I don't know why I'm thinking of VTEC Fanatec. And a guy like Nino Niederreiter off your team. So it's very hard uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, pretty much what they did is they got weaker and older players. Um, I would much rather have Nino Niederreiter and Vincent Trocek on the Hurricanes rather than Max Pacioretty and Paul Statsny. But they're both great pickups for the Hurricanes. Um, I think the Penguins have the better forward depth. I think the Hurricanes could, uh, definitely have the better goaltending tandem and defense is about even right now. So that leaves one team left, and that is the New York Rangers. You, add, you added to your top six, getting Vincent Trocek from the Hurricanes, um, although you do lose players like Ryan Strom and Tyler Mott. Well, Tyler Mott didn't do hardly anything for the Rangers, but you're losing that guy in uh, Ryan Strom. You also lose Andrew Kopp in that matter, too. Um, defensively, I mean, you named Jacob True by your captain. That's a good thing. But you lose Alexander Gorgiev to Colorado in a trade, but you get Yaroslav Halak. So your goaltending took a hit. Your forward depth also took a hit. Um, I'm very curious to see what the Rangers can do. I think that at the end of the day, this will come down to the Rangers and the Hurricanes taking the division. Um, the Penguins could take the division, maybe even the Devils. Devils. Um, it's just um, time will tell and see. Um, I'm just hoping that this year we won't know the playoff teams, like all the Eastern Division playoff teams, till at least the last few weeks. Like We all knew who was making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference like back in January this past year. I hope that's not the case. But those are... My Metropolitan Division standing predictions. Um, before I close out this episode, I want to say that um, the Yinzers at the Point podcast is now on the Relevant app. 
If you don't know what that is, it's kind of like a group chat app type thing. And I'm going to put on there a Q&A so you can ask any questions you have and you might get featured on a future episode of the Answers at the Point podcast. Um, to join this group chat on the relevant app, go to the recent post on the Penguins Fan 65 Instagram or Twitter or the Tyler Aaron 65 Instagram or Twitter and go to the post about the relevant app and the link is in the caption below. So go ahead and join if you want to. And like I said, ask any questions and you might get featured on a future episode of the Answers at the Point podcast. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Answers at the Point podcast. By the time the next episode gets released, it'll be September. So we're officially less than a month away from preseason hockey, and we are just a few weeks away for training camp to start. So, yep, that's going to do it for this episode of the Answers at the Point podcast, and I will talk to you all on Friday.